we celebrate the Lord that when the Lord spoke to me about holiness and purity conference, it was 4 a.m. and he woke me up and said the time has come that I will send the message on holiness and purity to the body of Christ and to prepare the body of Christ for his coming and also holiness and purity week is a week that the Lord had designed to unleash on God's people the blessing of prosperity and it was so remarkable when it all began and I remember it was a revelation he gave me and it was like a camp meeting and the buses were all packed and people from various places jumping into their buses after the conference. It was so awesome and when I saw exactly what the Lord meant it to be, I wondered how this was going to be possible because there was none of this kind. Some loved, some scorned, and some made whatever you could think because when they hear of holiness and purity, all that came to mind in those days was legalism as to you don't do this, you don't wear this. But holiness and purity is beyond what you eat or what you wear. Holiness and purity is a lifestyle which is not either liberalism as in doing whatever you can do at all because of grace. It's also not dogmatism as to you can't do this, you can't do that. I remember so well in those days young and upcoming full of the zeal of the Lord and we preached against anything you can wear. We preached against anything you can make up. But having come this far in great understanding, we realize that when we talk about holiness and purity, it's not about what you wear or what you eat. It's about how you live your life to be conscious of God and to please him in everything you do. Holiness and purity represents modesty in the full utilization of what God is able to do of a man or a woman regardless of where you are coming from. Now when God picks you up, it's possible to live and lead a life that is pleasing in the sight of God. Hallelujah. So in the name of the Lord Jesus, as we gather tonight, the first night of the 30th Annual Holiness and Purity Conference, I declare that the Lord be glorified for keeping us by his strong hand faithfully through the years that we can be alive to see this day when this commission and assignment has impacted the lives of many. And one remarkable thing that always gives me joy is that across the globe when I have the opportunity going abroad, and anybody you ever would meet as a believer that ever came across this commission and this assignment would always testify of the fact that the preaching and the teaching on holiness and purity really has helped them and that has kept them. That made them done so. 
amongst the many believers and amongst the places they go. Hallelujah. And for me, that is so glorious because we were young people and, and, and you could imagine the adolescent drive once we were growing through our developmental processes and ages and yet we're so conscious of God, of making sure that this our bodies became living temples for the Lord and we didn't mess up this body. We're conscious of pleasing God. We're conscious of living for God. We were conscious of making sure that we were obedient to the word of the Lord. We gave ourselves to go through every regimen so that our lives and our bodies would be presentable unto the Lord, sanctified and exclusively for his use. And as young as we were, the Lord could found us a vessel set apart for him and he used us tremendously to his praise and glory. And that same grace has kept us. And having come this far on this 30th celebration of the life of holiness and purity, we have gotten a better understanding that it is real, it is true, for a man and a woman, regardless of your age, to live a life of righteousness, to have a right stand with God, because that is what he called our lives for. And in the midst of living right, demonstrating godly character, and revealing what Christ is able to do in the life of a man and a woman, we can also testify of the goodness of his blessing. Hallelujah. That through it all, God has been good. So that you will not say that you would have to live a kind of lifestyle and, and, and lower the standards so you can get whatever you want to get. But I want you to know that you can keep this body of yours pure unto the Lord, undefiled, unpolluted, uncontaminated. And still God would come through and fix you and settle you and bless you and prosper you and do you so well that you don't have to compromise or sell your birthright before you get your needs. Because God is able to supply all our needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. That if we shall be willing and obedient, we can eat the good of the land. Because the good of the land of prosperity and of goodness and of every good thing is for those that obey him. If a man's ways please him, he settles him. Hallelujah. For he called us out of darkness into his marvelous light that we would show forth his praise. So that holiness is not about living a weird life cut off and isolated from people, a life of condemnation, condemning everybody and making sure that you feel holy and better than anybody. But holiness and purity is a life of identifying with people, hating the kind of lifestyle that is ungodly, but loving them just as they are and making them understand that you too can become what God wants you to be. For it is by grace we are saved through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. It is not man that wills or runs. It is God that shows mercy. And in Joel chapter number 2, from verse 25, the Bible says that there shall come restoration of all the years that the palmer worm, the caterpillar, the locust, had eaten because God in these last days as we wait for the second coming of Christ as we wait for the soon coming of our Lord Jesus for which the church is holding on and waiting there is going to be a shift and a move of God in the land and in every place of the continents of the world that there's going to be an unleashing and a release of the power of the Holy Ghost as it happened on Pentecost. It happened on the day of Pentecost but it, is for, it was for the whole world because he said this promise 
238, it says, This promise is unto you and unto your children's children, and to them that are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. Beloved, I know that it's our generation and our season that shall experience the explosion of the Holy Ghost than never before, because the outpouring of the Holy Ghost shall precede the coming of Christ. Hallelujah to Jesus. And I want you to know that if you are a believer, thank God that you are a believer in this season, in this moment, in this time frame, because we are in the last days. And the Bible says in Romans 13, even from verse 8 and verse 9 in particular, it says, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. But the Bible says in Romans 6, it says, Where sin did abound, grace did more abound, so that it's no longer our efforts of trying to do everything to overcome sin. It is not any effort of asceticism, trying to squeeze and torture and bring this body under subjection in a way of trying to do anything mechanically. But by the digital grace of the Holy Spirit, we are moving from the analog of doing things by our own strength and depending on the grace of God so he will manifest himself through us. For the Bible says in 2.13 of Philippians that it is God who is at work. He's at work in holiness. He's at work in purity. He's at work in God consciousness. He's at work in simplicity. He is at work work in modesty. He is at work in living by faith. He's, he's living at work working his purposes, working his goodness, working his plans through us and in us so that it doesn't have to be the strength of man because by strength can no man prevail but grace is available to make us. God is just no respecter of persons. Whoever makes himself or herself available, he will do a thing with you for his own singular praise and singular glory of honor. Because if God was a respecter of persons, then it was going to take the big shots to really be able, it was going to take the rich, it was going to take certain caliber of people to even experience the grace. But the apostle Peter said, who can, Cornelius said, who can forbid water? See that these ones have received the Holy Ghost just as we have received because God is not a respecter of person. If you believe in him and make yourself available, he will do a thing with you. I came to announce to you tonight that by the power of the Holy Ghost, which has been promised in scriptures, the Bible said in Acts 2, 17, he said, these things you are seeing, these people are not drunk. But this is what God said through the prophet Joel. That in the last days I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and daughters shall prophesy. The young men and the, the old men shall dream dreams. And the young men shall see visions. And upon the handmaids. Hallelujah. So what God is going to do is that as he's dealing with the bosses, with his power and mind, he's going to be dealing with the subordinates. As he's dealing with the fathers, he will deal with the children. So that there will be no limits as to who qualifies to be used of God. But anyone that makes him or herself available, anyone that makes his vessel or her vessel available, he will use to his praise and glory. Because he is a God that does not look at faces. He is a God that looks at the heart. Hallelujah. And I want you to know that he's coming soon. But there is a special package for the period and the days preceding his second coming or his coming for the church or the rapture. And that is the unction of the Holy Spirit in such an unprecedented Hallelujah. So get ready and make yourself available. Get ready and make yourself conscious of him. Get ready and set your heart to be willing to serve him and to please him. Because in every generation, he has men and women that would just be crazy for him and would go beyond whatever there is and go beyond the status quo to live the simplicity of the life in Christ. And if a man would just trust in the Lord 
and say, Lord, I'm here and I'm available to live and to serve you regardless of what. He would pick you anyway, anyhow, and make you. And I came to announce to you that you don't have to be holy for his anointing to take hold of you. But when the anointing takes hold of you, the same anointing will make you holy. Otherwise, then nobody's going to qualify. But it is the same unction that makes us holy. So we can qualify to be filled as vessels. So the Bible says in 2 Timothy 2 from verse 19, it says that the foundation of God stands sure having this seal. And let anyone that name the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. For in a great house they are not only vessels of wood, but of air, of earth, and of gold and of silver. But if any man will purge himself from these things, he would become a vessel qualified for the master's use. God wants you to set yourself apart and begin to obey him. And as you obey him, you will begin to become like him. Because you have his spirit in you, you can't do anything otherwise but just as he is in the world, so are we in the world. And the Bible says, for we do not know what we shall become, but when we shall see him, we shall be like him. I want you to know that he called us to be like him. And you know and you understand so well that okoto and because our Lord is who he is, when we are born of him, he gives us the grace to become like him. And it's possible to become like him. It's possible to be perfect like him. It's possible to live a sinless life. It's possible to live a holy life. It's possible to lead a sin-free life, not by our own mind, not by our own strength. David said, in sin did my mother conceive me? And David said that, but the Lord knows my frame. But the thing is that when he is at work in you, he imparts on you his spirit. He says, for they that are born of God, he that is born of God does not commit sin because the spirit of God is in him. You have the spirit of God because you are born of God. And if you are born of God, you carry his spirit. And if the spirit of God is in you, the Bible says in Romans 8, 20, it says, for the spirit helps our weaknesses. Now, so you can't say that I did it because of memory. This is the grace we have received. And that is why he can use you and I and boast of us. Because he's so confident that you and I will not fail him. Because we are not living by ourselves. He is living his life through us. And that is possible. And that is what the church today is missing out. And the church is pursuing those things that the church should freely be demonstrating and walking in. And the things that the church is pursuing today and the things that the church is carrying today is because the church do not really know her placement. But the Bible says that he that loves the world, then the love of the Father is not in him. Because the lust of the eye, the pride of life, and the lust of the flesh, these are the things of the world. But beloved, we have gone over these things because in the midst of pro propounding and pushing holiness and purity, he makes it so clear that it is also a week and a period of prosperity. The Bible said that Abraham was very rich in gold, in silver, in cattle. Hallelujah. He says, I'm the one that gives you the power to make wealth. And when we are obedient to him, he makes those things chase us and we do not go chase those things. 
And I've seen it over these years. His faithfulness is forevermore. His faithfulness is forevermore. His faithfulness is forevermore. His faithfulness. Is forever. He has promised. He will never fail. So I will hang on him. I will hang on him. I will hang on him. He has promised. He His faithfulness is forevermore. His faithfulness is forevermore. He said in Matthew that for the sake of the elect, the days must be shortened. Because if the days are not shortened, the very elect, because the enemy is pulling every lever and pressing every button, and the evil one is rising in our generation and in our time, doing everything to kick against God and to make us forget God and to make us forsake God. But beloved, I want you to know that grace, the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared unto every man. And I want you to know that the days of our iniquities and weaknesses and mistakes, God has winged that. But he's calling everyone to repentance because the creator, the creature cannot mess up the purposes and the plans of the creator. And God is our creator. This is the understanding that ancient of days and, and the saints of old understood. And David said, I have been young and I'm now old. I've not seen the righteous forsaking nor his seed begging bread. The time has come that the church will know the power that she has got in Christ. So we will not allow anything of this world or anybody will not use money or anything of whatsoever to want to mess us up because beloved, the vessel that we carry is holy unto God. And I came to announce to you that if you will live to please God, there is no way you will be hungry. There is no way you would have no shelter. There is no way you would have no clothing. There is no way you would lack any good thing because it says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Whatever you think you need is in the Lord. It says if I were hungry would I tell you because the 10,000 bulls on the hills they are mine. And remember when he created you and I he made us the God of this earth until sin came in. So that thing that made us lose our first estate should make you and I realize in Christ Jesus that we have been restored. That is why he said the years that the palmer worm, the caterpillar and the locusts are eating shall be restored and it shall precede the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And by the anointing of the Holy Ghost, corn, and wine and every good thing shall be made abundant. Whatever you need is in the Lord. So when you seek the Lord, you would find him. And when you find him, whatever there is, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. Now let's get into today's message proper. Second Peter chapter 3. It's a long scripture. From verse 1. This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds, by way of remembrance 
that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers. Hello? We are in the last days. So, any caliber of people that have been appointed and chosen and empowered by the devil to make ridicule, to make fun of us, to make it look like it's stupidity to be a Christian and to look down on us and, and use nothing but material things to sort of make it look like if you were a Christian, you are poor. I remember so well in those days, 40 years ago, when we gave ourselves to the things of God, we were regarded as riffraffs, dropouts. They called us every name. But glory be to God, the years have unfolded and God has proved that we were not riffraffs, we were not empty-headed, but that God had a thing to do with us. And as we live, we must leave the purpose for, who, for whom God created us. Amen. I mean, would you look at me and say I'm a dropout? But because we gave ourselves to obey God, because we give ourselves to follow God and to, and to do what God wanted us to do and what really our lives meant. And they could not understand. In those days, you could not even approach any sister and want to woo the sister because the parents would have to first find out from you as you completed your university, what job is you doing? And I tell you, we're, we're disqualified, disqualified. Oh, Yes. We were disqualified. Because when they saw us, our cheeks had fallen inside. Fasting, heavy, slim. And when you see us, you, you not want to look at us again. And so you can't woo a sister. Because if you want to her, she wants to accept, but she must first go and negotiate with her parents. And you cannot be introduced. Yes, you cannot be introduced. Because when you meet them, young man, you're welcome. Which university? Ashama Medical School. Amen? I remember I was invited to a house. I said, Young man, which school? I said, the Lord's school. He said, oh, Lord's school, oh, that's great. That's great. And when, when are you completing? <laughs> I said, I don't know yet. So, 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 and they started asking me law questions. I mean, they were so excited that their daughter has gotten a lawyer. And yeah, I said the Lord's school, but they had law school. <laughs> Hallelujah. But now I've graduated from the Lord's school. And I'm still in the Lord's school. This school, you never graduate, you never, you never complete. Hallelujah. But because you see, they looked at things with a human eye. It says, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Amen. Because it is not man that wills or runs, it's God that shows mercy. But if we faithfully serve the Lord, he himself knows the plans he has for our lives. He'll bring us beyond whatever. It is good to go to school because in those days we were all about 99.75% were all students. But God by his sovereignty. So he says knowing first that there shall come in the last days scoffers. Because in their own mind they have 
a class. They have put themselves in a class. That my sons should be this. Our daughters should be this. They should be that. But beloved, our class is not common. It says working after their own lust. Verse 4. And saying, where is the promise of his coming? They are making fun. For since the fathers fell asleep or died, all things continue to be as they have been from the beginning of creation. We are always saying that Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Peter, James, and John, and Paul in their days expected that Jesus was going to come in their day. We, dear, we should expect him more than 100 million times. Because even in their day, they were expecting the Lord to come. But unto us has come the ends of the world. He said, he says, for this they willingly are ignorant of. Because they don't have understanding of the seasons and the times of God. That by the word of God, the heavens were of old. And the earth standing out of the water and in the water. Talking about Noah's days. They were destroyed. One twenty years on, Noah, the righteous preacher, was preaching that repent. God is bringing Water judgment. God is bringing water judgment. They said, oh, now say, so there, so toda. In so there, it rains always. And when it rains, it will stop. But the rains began. First day, it says, oh, it will stop. Second day, before they realized, the flood judgment had keyed in and they were destroyed. It says, whereby the world that was dead, being overflowed with water, perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But behold, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as thousand years and thousand years as one day. Hallelujah. So never allow anybody to make you think that more time. It is only Kokosechi that says more time. Or I'll build my house tomorrow. Procrastination is what? Procrastination is what? It's a thief of time. It's an enemy of time. Whatever you've got to do, do it now. And I want you and I to understand and know that for the events that are unfolding in our time is leading clearly to us to know that Jesus our Lord is coming soon. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness but is long suffering to us what not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. God is not bringing us into judgment now not because he cannot, but he's not willing that anybody be destroyed. But for those who are ungodly and do not understand the times and the seasons of God, they think it to be weakness because they are doing anything to provoke God and God is still holding his patience. They are doing everything against God, but he's still holding his patience because he is God. And nobody's actions move him to do anything before his time. The demons even know that they, there is a time for them. So they question Jesus. Have you come to destroy us before our time? For the Lord said, he has placed everything on this earth for his seasons and his timing. There's a season and a time for everything under the sun. So God is giving us, if God is not brought fire from heaven to consume the world like Sodom and Gomorrah, it's because he's giving us time. And if God is not bringing any flood judgment against us, it's because he promised with the rainbow and said he will not destroy the world again with water. But certainly a day is coming, they will roll the heavens like a mat and the earth will melt. 
This is what you and I would have to trumpet out to our brothers and sisters out there. That a day is coming, the beautiful and the awesome things you see all over the world, God by his sovereign counsel will melt them like alumi. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. In the which the heavens shall pass away with great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also, and the work that are therein, shall be burned up. Hallelujah. This is the word of the Lord. He has settled everything for the set time. He is coming. And you and I must get ready. It says, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness? Knowing that our world would pass away one day. For he said, heaven and earth would pass away, but the only thing that will not pass away is the word of the living God. Whatever we have hope in, whatever we are giving ourselves to, Beloved, even if you don't keep your Cambridge certificate properly, the mouse can devalue it. So the Bible says that don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth or termites or rodents, or destruction cannot prevail against. Amen. So we must understand that God is marking time not because he's a weak God. God is marking time because his timing is not the time of man. Because sometimes people have tried to do every wicked thing as it were. And they are not seeing the anger of God. So in their mind, there's nothing like that. People are building bunkers and investing in so many things because they think that they are securing themselves. But the Bible says, why do the heathen rage? And the people imagine vain things against the Lord and against his anointed. For the Lord will look down from his holy habitation and he will laugh at them and take them up in derision. He says, who is man that they are so mindful of? Christ is coming soon. And if all these things that we see, because some people ask that, is he such a wicked God who would destroy all the things that he has created? That is why he said, repent. For the kingdom of God is at hand. He says, turn away from your evil ways. He says, as in the days of Noah, they married, they gave in marriage, they had pleasure, they bought whatever, they did everything. They had no time for God, nor the things of God. And they laughed at those that gave themselves to serve God. They messed them up. They insulted them. They killed them. They did everything. Today, there's every attack on Christianity. Every attack on scripture. There are some states of some nations that said no more Bible. And they want to compare Bible with the things of the devil. And all these things are happening in our days and times. And the Bible says that in the last days, perilous times shall come. Men shall be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. So they shall hate you because you love God. They shall hate you because you serve God. And it's very easy to get support when you are saying anything against the church or believers or pastors. You get more support because it looks like people are interested in things that are against God. But beloved, I want you to know and understand that it's because of the days in which we are living in. Christ is coming soon. So when you would hear these things, he said, do not let your heart be troubled. It's the beginning. 
you take time and study all the things going on around COVID, then you will know that there is something else beyond it. And it's all against Christ and the church. But the thing is that he's declared in 1618 of Matthew that I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. They can pull any lever, they can press any button, they can use any divination, they can use any enchantment, they can use whatever money they have and to think that their money would be able to resist the king of kings and lord of lords. He will look down from his holy habitation. He is only laughing at them. Because he is God. And nobody stops him from establishing his counsel. So child of God, know and understand that your faith is not vain. You're not wasting your time. Sometimes when they see us, they think that we are wasting our time. They call us lazy people. They call us un uneducated. They give us all kinds of names so provoking. But the time is coming. The time is coming. The time is coming. When they will realize that we didn't waste our time. I can just recall some statements that were made 30 years ago, 40 years ago. Sometimes it was so heartbreaking. It was like we had no dream. We, we had no hope. We had no plan for ourselves. They called us riffraffs, dropouts. Hallelujah. And some feared their parents so much so that they will not even enter into some relationships. They will not even do some things. They will not even worship God because they didn't want to be disobedient or, or, or offend their parents. And some were compelled to marry men that they were not supposed to marry because according to the parents' standard, their children will have to be of a class. But beloved, they will see you today Because no man knows the end from the beginning. It's only God who knows the end from the beginning. Because you can see a man's life today and tell how he'll become tomorrow. But they that know they are God shall work strong and do exploits. For God has a plan for everyone. And so he says that looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God wherein having been on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we according to his promise look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwells righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, see that ye look for such things Diligent that ye may be found of him in peace without spot and without blame. This is where the holiness comes in. That because we know that we are sojourners, we are on transition, we are pilgrims, this is not our last stop. This place is not our destination. There's a city and a land we are seeking, a country we are pursuing. Which foundation and builder is God? So we will not allow. But the Bible says that when Peter once asked Jesus, so Lord, we have left everything to follow you. What's going to be our due? He says, nobody, no man has left father, mother, lands, children, wife, husband, Properties for the sake of the kingdom and shall not in this present time receive 100% with persecution. So beloved, your earthly loss is your heavenly gain. Your earthly loss is your heavenly gain. Because God is aware. 
It says, ye have need of patience. 10, 35, 36 of Hebrews. It says, ye have need of patience that after you have done the will of God to receive the promise. For we are not they that draw back unto perdition. We are they that believe to the saving of the soul. Never allow any life situation and any life circumstance to make you want to lower your commitment and your devotion and your seriousness of God. Be conscious of God and be conscious of the times and the seasons. Because beloved, we are living and the days we are living in are evil days. Amen? But he said we must be diligent. But if you don't take care, you'll be swept off your feet. But know your God and serve Him. For He's coming soon. He says, Behold, I come quickly. And my reward is where? Is in my hands. Don't give up. Everything around seems frustrating. Serving God now is becoming more difficult. But where sin did abound, grace did more abound. So as we go through this week, let it be on your mind that see that one day this world will be no more. See that one day what we are all fighting for will be thrown off. What manner of life should we be living? Onuye ujinabia wohene Unye ujna bia wohini o asasi rariba ujna bia wohini yabebu bosuru sempa sekete ne anani asasi senku hallelujah all these things would pass over because now you could realize that deliberately the kind of fire the zeal for God and the love for God and the drive for the things of God. That were in those days, in the early 70s, we didn't know much scripture. We didn't know much revelation. But we had power. We loved God. And we were full of the zeal of God and the things of God. In our time, there is so much revelation. So much knowledge. And yet, the love of many is waxing cold and colder and colder. But the Lord deliver us. For there is a remnant. There's a remnant. He said, I have yet 7,000 prophets who have not yet bowed down to bow nor kiss bow. Anything that would want to make you compromise. My brother, my sister, don't compromise because that which you have is the authentic and you can't exchange it for. Not, there's nothing worth comparing. Joseph said, how can I do this? And sin against God. He held to. He held on his integrity. And God promoted him. He's coming. And because he's coming. And all things would pass. There's a kind of life we must live. And that life. Is a life of holiness, a life of obedience, a life of consciousness of God, a life of loving God and showing our love for Him by the things we do. Hello? If you love Him, if you know Him better, you will love Him deeper. And if a man loves God, He will show you by the things He does. People may frown on you, give you names, peer pressure. But you don't have to let anybody laugh at you or somebody's sarcasm. Worse. Because 
today in a very nice way. I'm not against using electronic Bibles. But if your electronic Bible has spilled you before, you know that you must always carry the paper Bible too. You must carry the hard copy. I was invited to minister somewhere. So powerful. I took my iPad. I got to the podium. I opened it. He said, Daddy. He said, Lord, what shall I do? I said, Fred, do you have your Bible with you? But the thing is that the thing is inside in my spirit. So iPad or no iPad, I said, Holy Ghost, have your way. So beloved, me, I have the iPad because I want everybody to know that me too, I'm up to date. That is my only reason. I was bringing the big one. In those days, no, the size of the Bible showed how spiritual it were. Hallelujah. Then I'm assume now, in those days, there's too much difference. So. And so I've been asking that, so how would the church be like in the next 20, 30 years. Because when I walked through Datus in the night and I see those lizards, I said, is it that we didn't work 30 years ago in Subing, we crushed that power in the name of Jesus. But after 30 years, they have risen with a different star. My bedding now is we the mighty men would get some fine perfume in our cars. And when we pick we bring them here. So how much are you taking? And we will pray for them. And deliver them. Because if because of money that you are doing that, we want them to know that the body you have you know, is not your own. It's temple. Amen. Beloved, you were a dreamer yet. Jesus is coming soon. Let's first work for ourselves. And let's testimony of the Lord. Now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. Seeing all these things would pass, what kind of lives are we supposed to be leading and living? Think about this question as we go through the week. The Lord bless you. Amen.